Here we are in Ruth chapter 2. Now, where we left off last week was at the end of Ruth chapter 1, what we see with Naomi and Ruth is Naomi and Ruth, they go uh, to the promised land, to the, the land of Israel. They go back to that land because they hear that the Lord has, has uh, started to help his people again and that they are flourishing. There's enough food and everything. But then whenever they get there, Naomi says to them, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant, but call me Mara, which means bitter. So she tells that to the people there because she's just had a bitter time. She's had a lot of uh, negative things happen in her life. Uh, Naomi's husband passed away, and then her two sons passed away, and then she has these two daughters-in-law, and one of them uh, leaves, and then, then the other one stays, and the one that stays, of course, is Ruth. And now in Ruth chapter 2, we start to see some of these positive things that the book of Ruth is known for. You know, I mean, there's only four chapters, so it makes sense that we're going to rush pretty soon into some positive things. And this is the chapter where everything is turning back around and they're starting to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, hope of, about the future. But once again, I'll remind you, a lesson that we saw from chapter one is just because we are faithful to God, it doesn't mean that we're going to go through life without suffering because there can be some suffering that we endure. But the example that Ruth gives us is you can endure it. You can endure it through the help of God. So Ruth chapter 2, let's see what happens in this chapter. Verses 1 through 5. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of the harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? Okay, now let's pause right here. And, and we're going to kind of see how some of these questions that are asked in this chapter are going to get us engaged in it and get us to kind of continue on and want to know more about what's going on. Okay, so right now we're introduced to another character right here. We not only have Naomi and Ruth being the main characters that were introduced in chapter one, now we have Boaz, and he's going to be kind of the other main character that we see. Of course, there is the character of God. There's always a character of God, if, if you want to kind of look at him as such. I know that's kind of weird to think about him like that, but he is definitely a factor in any book that we read in the Bible. And he most certainly is a factor here. Even though, interestingly enough, he's not mentioned just a whole lot about being directly active in these works. And that's one amazing thing uh, about this passage. But yet, God is active in this book. He is extremely active in this book and making sure everything happens um, just, just so, uh, if you will. So we look at verse 1. We see that Boaz, he's introduced as a man of standing. Now, different translations might translate that different, but it, it has to do with how he is a man of noble character. He is a noble man. And because of that, he is going to respect um, Ruth. He's going to respect Naomi. He's going to be very respectful of all of these people that are involved here. In verse 2, we see that what Ruth is going to be doing is something that actually the law of Moses allows them to do. 
it's a way to provide for those people who are less fortunate and maybe don't have uh, their own land necessarily or, or the means to be able to, uh, to get food for themselves. They can go out into the fields and be able to take um, food from others. And it was something that was kind of a mutual sharing. Um, you know, today, of course, we have um, different types of, of ways of providing for that. Uh, here in the States, it's kind of interestingly that, you know, a lot of times the government picks up a lot of that slack and will will help out with people who need those different types of help. And we have, uh, you know, things such as Social Security and all, all these different things. I'm not going to get into all that, but we have different ways about being able to take care of these people. And sometimes, of course, within the church, you have that the church also picks up some of that slack and helps people who are just struggling for one reason or another. So here in the Old Testament, this is what they were supposed to do. That's why Ruth goes out and she gathers from this grain that was left behind. Now, of course, it was very specific as to how they do it. You know, they're not supposed to go ahead of the people. They're supposed to go behind the people and, and everything. So, I mean, yes, there's all these laws that they need to follow, and they do within here. And we see, uh, I love how it, how it comes to us uh, in, let, let me make sure that I've got it right here, uh, in verse 3, yeah. In the middle of that verse, it says, you know, as it turned out, she was working in a field that belonged to Boaz. Yeah, okay, as it turned out. Now, I guess I kind of meant to look at some other translations and see how they translate that phrase. That's a way to show us God is working. You know, if you want to uh, kind of give it a, a word right here, sometimes we refer to this as the providence of God. And basically, it's just a fancy word that means this is how God works, even though sometimes we don't always see it. We don't always understand how is this, you know, happening right here. Well, as it so turns out, Naomi has this relative named Boaz. He's a really good guy. Well, it just so happens that Ruth finds herself in his field. Okay. And then if you keep reading, you'll start to see all these things that, well, you know, it just so happened that this thing led to another thing, led to another thing. And, you know, if you think about your own life, you probably have stories like that, too, that, you know, you might kind of be wondering about how is this thing going to work out or how is this other thing in your life going to happen? And we might pray to God that, you know, he could work these things out. And then it just so happens that this door opens and then it leads to something else and then another thing. And sometimes that is simply how God works. And God most certainly was behind this working that allowed for Ruth to be seen in the presence of Boaz. Another statement that we get telling us that Boaz is a good guy. In verse 4, he greets these people, the ones who are harvesting, the ones who are working for him. So he, if you want to look at it uh, in terms that we might use today, um, well, he is the landlord. He is the, uh, the overseer of everything. Um, he is the employer. I, I mean, you know, you can call him a few different things. He's kind of all those things wrapped up in one. But he says to him, to his own employees, the people that are working for him, he says, the Lord be with you. So, I mean, his focus is all about the Lord. That's an important thing that tells us about this character. He is a man of standing. We also find out something about the harvesters that are working with him because they respond, the Lord bless you. That's, I don't know. I mean, I guess they had this, this thing that they would always respond with each other like that, you know? Maybe we have our own greetings like that. Uh, as well, that we greet one another uh, in, a, in a holy way, in a way that the Lord is in our midst, we know it, they know it, and we talk about it. That's what Boaz did. I'm not saying you have to do that whenever you, you know, greet a fellow brother or sister in Christ, but, you know, there is something to be said about that. Most certainly something to be said about Boaz, who greets his workers like this, and they greet him back. But then Boaz starts to notice, he notices Ruth, 
well, who is that young woman? Who, who is she? He's wanting to know. And then as we continue to read, we will see just how nice he is going to be, just how kind and loving he's going to be uh, to the family of Naomi, the, fa the family of, of Ruth right here. Verses 6 through 10. The overseer replied. This is answering who Ruth is. She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? So as you look through these verses, we see that he most certainly is providing uh, for this family right here. Uh, we see that he tells uh, you know, her, don't, don't go into another field. You know, stay here, uh, be among these people. And he's, he's very inviting and allowing her. She's also a very hard worker. You know, you can tell that from verse 7 that, look, she's been working this whole time. She's been working, and it, it's difficult work. You know, we, we don't need to think that this is just a free handout. In fact, that's kind of the way that this was supposed to work, is you would be harvesting with them as well, and it was work for you too in order for you to get your own food. You had to work for your food even though you didn't have to pay for it necessarily. You still had to work for it. So he tells her to stay with his people right here, stay in this field, and he's also kind of given instructions and everything uh, that they are going to help collectively provide for her. Keep in mind, she is a widow. She is the one who is here and, and she doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a good way to support herself or Naomi. And how is she going to make it? Well, she's made it by by being able to, to um, be under this protection that Boaz is offering her. So now we see that this is, is getting uh, more and more positive for Ruth, more and more positive for Naomi. And Ruth starts to wonder, you know, she's like, well, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Well, think about it, okay? Look at the example that Ruth has given up to this point. In fact, that's what Boaz responds with. And he says why she has really taken up, uh, you know, notice about him. Boaz replied, verses 11 through 16. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly be rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I have not uh, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip it into wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Once again, we see that all of this kind of continues on and, and Boaz is, is making, more and, uh, making it more and more easy for her to be able to, to get food that she needs, to be able to provide for her and Naomi and to be able to just 
live. Boaz has taken upon himself to be able to help her. Why is that? She's a foreigner. Why does he care about this foreigner? He cares because he sees something about her. And I think this also speaks to the character of Ruth. We'll get into this more in the next chapter, but already in this chapter, we start to see something about this character of Ruth. In verse 11, we see that that she's different. You know, she's left her homeland, even though Naomi gave her the option about being able to leave back in chapter one. She said, no, I'm going to go wherever you go. Your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. This is the life that she chose, even though she was a foreigner. It's amazing that we see passages like this, and this this really reminds us. And I guess for us in the New Testament times, reading passages like this don't strike us as odd as they maybe would to a, a Jewish person. Because for all practical purposes, Ruth is a Gentile, but she's brought into the fold. She's brought into the fold because she has faith in God. That's what verse 12 is all about, that the Lord is the one who is going to... Uh, uh, to provide this refuge. He's the one whose under wings uh, Ruth has come to take this refuge. So that idea is mentioned right here, that it's the Lord who is providing this refuge, the Lord who is going to, to continue to help her. And uh, we see this in, in different passages. Sometimes we even sing about the shelter of the, the wings uh, of our Lord. And it all has to do with the, the protection that he gives for us and the, uh, the, the help that our Lord provides. Kind of goes back to that image of like uh, um, um, perhaps a mother bird uh, sheltering her nest with her wings and just, you know, her body and everything, providing that shelter. That's the way that our God uh, is described at times. It's not the only way, but it's one way that our God is described as giving us uh, this, this type of protection. And specifically, the Lord is doing that with Ruth through the person of Boaz. Time and time again, we're going to continue to see throughout this chapter and the next one and the next one after that too. The rest of the book, we're going to see that Boaz is the one who's, who's directly used by God to provide this refuge for Ruth and for everything in her life to just start to turn around. Yes, Ruth chapter one started off negative. A lot of bad things happened, a lot of sorrow. It's looking more and more positive as we continue to read throughout this book. So let, let's continue to see what, uh, what the next few verses hold. Now verses 17 through 19. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. So obviously this conversation that they had at the end of the day, Naomi recognized this is more than enough for what they needed. That obviously that uh, someone is blessed. That's what, that's what she says in verse 19. She said, blessed be the man who took notice of you, you know, because this is a great blessing to all of them. And then she finds out that it's Boaz. Well, you know, Ruth, as far as we can tell, she doesn't seem to understand that Boaz is related to Naomi. You know, keep in mind, she married into the family, and she married into the family when the family was in a foreign land. So how much does she really know about Boaz? It doesn't seem like she necessarily knows too much about him, but she knows he's a good guy. Now, Naomi, on the other hand, 
she knows about Boaz. In fact, she's going to continue to talk about Boaz. And isn't it amazing that it just so happened that Boaz is the one that owned the field that Ruth found? Yes, okay. God was guiding all of these, uh, these things to this point in time. So Naomi hears it's Boaz. This is the response. Verses 20 through 23. And with this, this actually uh, ends the chapter of Ruth that we're looking at. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, this man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women uh, of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. So that's how we end in this book. And that, that's kind of right in the, the middle way of this book. And up to this point, we start to see how great things are starting to happen. We see that the Lord is blessing them, blessing them through Boaz. And Boaz is described in verse 20 as being this guardian redeemer. And there's a lot of, of things about that guardian redeemer. Uh, I want to read to you uh, the, the note that is a text note from the, the New International Version. Whenever it talks about this... Um, this Hebrew word, it says, the Hebrew word for guardian redeemer is a legal term for one who has the obligation to redeem a relative in serious difficulties. And it continues on, it says, see Leviticus 25 verses 25 through 55. Now we're not going to turn right there, but if you wanted to, again, that passage is Leviticus 25 verses 25 through 55. And if you read in that passage, you'll see that time and time again, you know, it's a relative who is close and who, who is uh, supposed to to take some type of personal responsibility for another relative that they might have who has fallen under hard times for one reason or another. Well, this actually fits that. So Boaz is this guardian redeemer and he is one who is going to continue to take up that role and continue on with that role. And that will uh, some, be something that we definitely see in the next two chapters. But at this point, Ruth just she kind of replies again with just how great he's been, how wonderful he's been. And Naomi says, stay there with him in verse 22. Stay there because you don't want to be harmed in somebody else's field. And keep in mind, Ruth is an outsider. She is a foreigner. That's why she was asking Boaz, why are you showing such kindness to me, a foreigner? Well, he's showing kindness because he's a great guy. He's a God-fearing man. And he's going to provide protection for this family. And he most certainly does. And he will continue to do that in the upcoming chapters. So with that, we end this chapter. And I just have a few things, though, that I want to share with you that do kind of relate with this chapter. And also uh, kind of some connections that we have to Jesus himself. So let me mention some of those. In Matthew chapter 22 verses 36 through 40. Now, I know this is not going to seem like a New Testament connection at first, but I can assure you it is. Uh, a man comes to Jesus and says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, well, there's actually two. Okay, I'm kind of paraphrasing right here. I, I just read it. So the paraphrase is, there's two. One of them is to love God with your entire everything. And then the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. 
So those are kind of the greatest commands uh, that Jesus sort of summarizes. And he says this is, is going to be a summary of, of all the law, you know, of, of all the prophets. Everything that the Old Testament is about, it can be summarized in love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I want us to look at this second commandment, so to speak. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know where that comes from? Well, it might come from a couple of different passages in the Old Testament, but most certainly one of them that is mentioned is Leviticus chapter 19. In Leviticus 19, verse 18, we specifically read, Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. But you know, earlier on in that chapter, you actually find all these different ways in which they are called to love their neighbor as their self. And guess what we find among those laws? I know, who would think that your New Testament connection actually has to go back to the Old Testament in some of these laws? But here is one that's found in Leviticus 19, verses 9 and 10. When you reap uh, the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. See, that is one way that they are told to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's exactly what we read in Ruth chapter 2. In Ruth 2, we see that Boaz is loving his neighbor as he loves himself. He's doing that because he's following these, these laws. These laws that are in place to provide for those who are poor, for those who are foreigners. And Ruth fits the description of both of those. So once again, Jesus said that the second of the greatest commandments is to love your neighbor as yourself. Boaz was a wonderful example for that. We see that in Ruth 2. And as we uh, look in the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue to see some more examples that we can learn from this wonderful and short book of Ruth that have to do with very real things, you know, very important things, very modern things even. So what I would do, uh, what I would kind of challenge you to do is obviously this passage, we don't need to, to follow it exactly as it is, because if you do this today, you know, many of us aren't even farmers, but it, even if you are a farmer, if you leave some of the, the produce out there, it's just going to rot. Nobody's going to come pick it up because that's not how we do things today. But how do we do things today? How can we provide for those who are poor and for those who are foreigners? And with that, I'll just kind of leave it with you to, to think about that, to, to brainstorm about what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself today? Because Jesus says it's one of the greatest of the commandments. It's the greatest commandment. So let's listen to what the Lord uh, is saying to us, what the Lord your God is saying to each one of us.